How are you? What's the crack? How are you getting on? Sounds like such a cliche Irish thing to say, but that's actually what I sound like most of the time. So I I am a walking cliche. But anyway, how are you? What is the crack? So a couple of uh, pretty interesting things happening over the next few days. Uh, first of all, myself and Pete and Paul from Hiker, we're going to go and complete the Wicklow Way. The very trail and fiasco that inspired this podcast was the Wicklow Way. Um, so last year, myself and Paul, we, we started it back down in Clonigal, is the start of the trail. Um, and we only made it as far as Glendalough uh, before a certain pandemic stopped us in, a tra- in our tracks. So, um, yeah, now we haven't had a chance to go back out and finish it. And we, I've hiked parts of it in, in sections, but I just haven't had the chance to do the last 50, 50 or so K to finish it off from Glendalough to, uh, to Dublin. So can't wait to do that. It's the three of us and a bunch of our friends. It's a little bit of a reunion, so um, it's, uh, it's well overdue. It is the quintessential Irish hiking trail, so it kind of has to be done. Um, there's obviously a lot of other hiking trails around Ireland uh, that I, I will do, and we will do, and you will do, but this one, um, it's it it's the first the very first Waymar trail in Ireland. So we 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 got to do it. We got to go finish it. So looking forward to that. Um, and a bunch of other stuff is happening with hiker. We're 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 we've just launched our partnership uh, with the Southwest Coast Path. So we're the very first Southwest Coast Path friendly app. Um, so donations will be made directly from the sale of uh, the Hiker app on the Southwest Coast Path. So if you go into the Hiker app and you purchase a membership through the Southwest Coast Path, whether it be an annual membership or you get it for uh, the trail itself, we make a one pound donation to the, the trail organization to Southwest Coast Path. And we couldn't be more excited about this. Um, this is kind of the blueprint that we want to use for trail organizations all around the world. We're already in talks with a number of other trail organizations and trying to use a similar model. But the the main thing about this is that we're finally using this as a as a channel to give back to the trail organizations and give back to the trail. Our product is is technology is something that you use on your on your phone. But what you're really doing is going out and exploring the great outdoors and you're you're seeing these trails and I'm walking them. And there's obviously a certain amount of impact that you're going to have on that. And we're partly to, 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 I hesitate to use the word blame, but we're part of that impact. So we want to make sure that the impact that we're making, we're, we're reconciling that in some way. And I hope that this will be a, a positive partnership and I'm sure it will be, it definitely will be. Um, so that that that's launched and that's live and ready to go. Um, and there's a few other things going on. Uh, we, we're we're in the middle of a bunch of pitching rounds right now. So we're we're pitching for investment and we're at the closing stages of a number of different uh, uh, pitching panels. So uh, it's busy times in the in the hiker towers. But anyway, enough about us. Well, we'll get back to us in a minute. Today on the podcast, I have a, a very interesting interview with a fellow by the name of Matt Details Favreau. Matt is the marketing director for a little company you may be familiar with called Z-Packs. 
Z-packs, if you don't know already, are synonymous with through hiking. Uh, their backpacks, their tents, all of their gear. At le- you'll hear in the interview uh, Matt talking about through hiking in the US that at, you know every through hiker will probably have one piece of kit from Z-packs in their in their their pack somewhere whether it be their bag their tent uh, their tarp whatever it is that they, they, they will have something of z-packs because they've ingrained themselves within the long distance and through hiking community in the u.s and they're growing around the world uh, matt himself has a fantastic uh, hiking cv or hiking repertoire whatever you want to call it he's got so many hikes um i nearly had to stop him listing the different trails uh, that he's completed not only that he's completed but his daughter has completed which his daughter puts me to shame um so yeah that that was a that was a turning point in the conversation but i had a great chat with with matt uh it was great to hear about his his trails his adventures around the world uh, how he got involved with zpax and kind of the vision going forward so it was, it's a nice kind of good story from a from a business perspective but also they also talk about how they're giving back to um to the hiking community to the trails and i suppose uh helping the environment or protecting the environment it was a fantastic interview really enjoyed talking to matt um so yeah i really hope you enjoy it have you heard of hiker by any chance well, Hiker is a mobile app. Well, it's more than a mobile app. It's a web app. Well, Hiker is a platform. Hiker is a way for you to discover your next great adventure. To date, we've mapped over 1,700 trails from all around the world. And that number grows every single day. So you'll never be short of choice for your next hiking adventure. You can download the app for free right now in the iOS App Store or your Google Play Store where you can head over to hiker.app to start planning your next adventure. Alright guys, i got to go pack. I really hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Matt, details Favreau, take it away. So, Matt, details Favreau? Am I saying that right? Oh, nailed it. You nailed that. I'm getting, I'm on such a roll with people's names these days. Uh, I, I tend to suck at trail names, though, but yeah. people's names, for some reason, I, I just have a knack for it. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Matt, you are the Director of Marketing for Z-Pax, um, and you're also a very accomplished hiker. Um, <laughs> Make it sound so, so grandiose. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a few thousand miles on me. And do you want to tell us about some of the trails that you've done? Oh, so... I'll preface it with I've got a full-time job, a wife and a daughter, so I can't get out for six months at a time. So that being said, uh, I, I do try to put in 400 miles or more a year. So in that, let's see, some of the bigger tra- like trails I've completed, Long Trail, Superior Hiking Trail. Um, let's see, I've done TGO Challenge across Scotland, coast to coast twice, the Tour de Mont Blanc. Uh, which is uh, like a 110 mile circle around Mont Blanc in the Alps. I've done that twice. Uh, I've done 900 miles of the Florida trail, 300 miles of the Appalachian trail. 
uh, what, the Uinta High Line Trail, High Sierra Trail, Timberline Trail twice, uh, uh, Foothills Trail, <laughs> the, uh, what's it, the Bartram Trail through like that in October. So it keeps, yeah, it goes on and on and on. So you, like you've got a good memory there. You've <laughs> listed like yeah, pretty much everything. More. Everything was on the lake trail twice. Oh, you're <laughs> still going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, that, that's like some stellar list. And, you know, a lot of those trails, some people might only ever do once or, you know, plan their entire life to go and do yeah. To do that with everything that you have on your plate is, is quite yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, I've done yeah. The, the W route in Patagonia, oh, right? Wow. Uh, Mount Olympus in Greece at 100 yeah. miles in Turkey last February. Yeah, it, adds, it all adds up. And you, you know, it's showing no signs of slowing down anyway. Yeah. Well, I could I could keep going probably. But. <laughs> well, you were just telling me about your plans to go on another trail there, another one next month. So, yeah, here. Yeah, Duncan Duncan Ridge Trail in uh, Georgia. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Um, I would ask you, you know, what was your favorite? You've done the Tour de Mont Blanc twice and the TTO twice. Like, could you say that they're your favorite or? Uh, Tour de Mont Blanc probably. Uh, it's especially being an American. You get, there's a little added stuff, uh, you know, to it more than just the hike. But the you know, the culture, the 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 views, the food, um, the camaraderie on the trail. People from all over the world are doing it, so you're real, you know, just like a long distance trail in the U.S. too. Like you run into people from all over the world on the AT as well. But I don't know. There's just something magical about that part of the Alps. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just kill just it's awesome i was actually talking about doing it uh next summer not 2021 but 2022 okay yeah doing it again third time's a charm i hope so well there is there there is uh so many <clears throat> alternative routes along the tour yeah. de Mont blanc so yeah you i think we spoke about this before that you, you can do the tour de Mont blanc in as many yeah. ways that you want to i'm and, gonna do three different alternates is, is my plan uh, two okay. of them are basically the highest point of any of the alternates on the trail they're on they're basically the same elevation um so one of them's in france and the other one's in switzerland those parts but, but yeah just yeah i just love that part of the world it is special like you know crossing over into as you said different borders switzerland france and, and italy yeah uh, you can't really beat that uh, that kind no, of experience and really insane mix, that you can do that the mix of cultures but also very much in like the alpine culture as well yeah 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 i mean the trail i mean there's a ton of elevation gain i mean you're hiking for sure but it's like it's it's just amazing so where did hiking come for you in your life oh. did, you, did you grow up in the outdoors or so even i was born in connecticut which is you know for, for you is a new is new in new england and there's definitely some woods and mountains up there but i moved to florida when i was like three so i mainly i grew up in florida although i would spend summers in connecticut and i was just always an explorer i was always in the woods just with my friends and building forts and just you know riding my bike or whatever i was always in the woods and uh you know probably went about you know you get older and you stop going into the woods as much and uh so I was actually on my honeymoon and I, we were in Canada and so this was uh, 
14 years ago, something like that. And um, we just saw, we were in this little town in uh, Ontario called Perth. And we saw this sign that said the uh, Rideau Trail. And we're like, well, what's this? Let's go. So, so we just started, we said we hike 45 minutes down, turn around and come back. And like 15 minutes into it, it was just like everything I loved about going into the woods as a kid was just like rekindled at me. And so I called my buddy like while I'm hiking back in Florida, I was like, when I get back, we're going to start hiking and do this. And, you know, I turned through a, through fr- uh, a few friends by destroying them out in the woods because <laughs> putting in, putting in pretty good miles, especially before I was ultra light, but wrecked a few people's feet <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I learned some le- valuable lessons there, but um, I've just been nonstop ever since just knocking out sections of the Florida trail, like in the winter. And then I, found z-packs and started uh, working at z-packs and then the trips have just gotten bigger and bigger and crazier and more exotic and uh i'm i'm in i if i don't have a hike planned within like a month and a half of the present time i start to get like depressed like like it's honestly it's like like i need to be planning that hike and looking forward to it and visualizing it and then i go out and i do the hike I come back and I'm rejuvenated and refreshed. And then, and then I could stave off depression for another month, and then, uh, and then I have to have to start the cycle again. I think, like anyone who's done long distance hiking, uh, I mean, like anything that's over a week of hiking and then camping, or you know, even staying in a hostel or a lodge and getting up the next day and hiking again, it gets very addictive. And I totally agree with you. Okay. You know, I haven't done a long distance hike since September, and it, it, that, that's that's itching my skin at, at the moment. We have I have one planned for later in the year, but it's still it's just it's not the same. So, like, yeah. when when did long distance hiking come into the equation? Because there's a difference between you know hopping on a trail for a day and then yeah. So I mean, for a week or I think everybody, uh, especially in the US, right. They, they learn about hiking they start like fantasizing about the Appalachian Trail before like they know any you know because that's like the most popular one they don't know any better right it's just like yeah. this is the one everyone says this is the one everyone talks about so you start fantasizing about it and uh the freedom of it and like how how it would be awesome to go out and so I started knocking off three to five day sections at a time and then um and then once you get your first hike that needs a that requires a resupply mm-hmm. so like then you go back out onto the trail and then you feel like all proud of yourself like oh like i'm a real i'm a real hiker now you know um you know so just like the every time you do it you want to go farther and stay out longer and uh it's just been i don't want to come back usually you know unless the weather's really crappy <laughs> yeah. And the Appalachian Trail as well is notoriously one of the wettest trails. Yeah, it's so tough. Nobody ever really talks about that. It's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, so many people and the camaraderie is so good. But it's like, it kicks your butt right out the gate. It's like up, down, up, down, no view, up, down, up, down, no view. (laughs) Then it's like (laughs) raining and then it gets hot. And then you're like, what's uh, you start to smell absolutely horrific because your 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 sweat it, your sweat and all the rain is making you and your gear like mildew. Basically, it's just like <laughs> it's like the worst. But, but I, I'm sure there's people listening to this right now that are thinking, 
yeah, that sounds fine. That, yeah. That, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also then, you know, it's, you can be in the middle of something that's miserable and think it's miserable. And then like, you know, two days after you're off trail, you're like, you love telling the story so much. You almost forget how miserable you were. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, you could, you romanticize how bad it was. Um, but no, it's, you know, we wouldn't go out there and do it if we really didn't have fun. Right. So it's like, you just deal with that. It is really, for me, it's the people and pushing, pushing myself. It's like a kind of equal combination. Yeah. And it's, it is that kind of that, that type two fun as well. Yeah. It's just a few times, but you're not enjoying it at the time. Oh, <laughs> what am I've I doing? Absolutely miserable times, <laughs> but, but I'll go back and do it again, you know? Yeah. And you said you have, uh, you're married and you have a daughter. How old is your daughter? Yeah. She's 10 now. Yeah, oh, she right. did the Tour de Mont Blanc. Yeah. She did the Tour de Mont Blanc. Yeah, when she was seven, she turned seven the day we landed. She did a tour de Mont Blanc, and like she did it, like she she actually did it. Yeah. Wow. Like yeah. that was me to Jane. <laughs> yeah. like she killed it. Actually, I mean, I'm not. I know you, this isn't Jimmy Kimmel, and I'm not trying here to plug a movie, but I do have. Uh, uh, I made a a video about it. Like a, it's like an hour long documentary about. I actually took. There was nine of us, my mom, my 70-year-old dad, my sister, two nieces, my wife. So, like, we had nine of us total, and um, we did the Tour de Mont Blanc. And with the exception of me and, like, my wife a little bit, none of them had ever done a multi-day hike. Wow. And so, it was like, yeah, and so it was pretty, it was pretty special to experience yeah. that. But there was definitely <laughs> some moments where people weren't having the best time. <laughs> I can totally yeah. relate. Like, I brought my daughter, eleven-year-old uh, Caitlin. We went to do the South Downs Way in England, and like, it's nowhere near like as yeah. as challenging as the Tour de Mont Blanc. That still blows my mind that your seven-year-old daughter was doing that. Yeah. But like, I, I totally agree. Like, there's just those times where like, am I a bad father? Am yeah. I a terrible parent? Oh, Why yeah. am I putting her through this? It was the teenagers that were the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no she i would say that like my daughter probably did the best of all of us as long yeah. as you had a snack in her you always had to make sure she was yeah. eating but yeah if she had food in her she was to go all day so, i mean she hiked the first day we did like 16 miles uh and it was not flat it was we had to go up and up down and back up and down like yeah she she put in a day Oh, she also did i didn't mention this uh but two summers not last summer right two yeah two summers ago um my family we went and we did the first 40 miles of the camino so we like hiked from saint jean pied de port in france over the pyrenees into spain mm-hmm. and then my wife and i left but then my parents my parents my daughter and one of my nieces went and they did they they finished the the camino so my daughter's done the, the camino too she was like nine or something or eight oh, something wow yeah She's racking up a serious amount of miles yeah. so she has her like what's it they call it the campostello or campostello the the certificate yeah, she, she has it on like yeah she's got the passport she has it on her, on her and she actually found a walking stick on day one and they mailed it back so it's like hanging up in our house like she's got oh, like a little wow. stick yeah 
So it's called it's, Evan. The stick is named Evan. <laughs> it's funny because Caitlin has a walking stick called Stephen. Yeah. Um, and we there lost it actually. We lost it on the st- set downs way. We found a new one and it's called Stephen 2. So yeah. uh, is it Stephen 2 or Stephen as well? The second. Yeah, Stephen the second. Yes. I um, like it. So, uh, wow, that, that's like incredible that a seven year old kid did the Tour de Mont Blanc and has also walked the Camino so is she uh now we're going to talk about your daughter all of a sudden like her hiking career so is she does she like hiking does she still like hiking or is it something that you think she might grow out of and then come back in or she likes yeah she likes hiking if it's hard like oddly enough like she likes to climb rocks and do like like she's it's more of an adventure like if the trail was super easy she probably wouldn't be into it actually that much um so she likes that. Um, she actually, that's why we're going to probably do the Tour de Mont Blanc again in 2022 is because she said she wants to do it again. So it's like, I'm not going to stop her there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she likes it. She might do the Duncan Ridge trail as well. She's thinking about it. I don't, but I don't want to push it. I don't want to be that dad. That's like, come on, you got to go. And like Fortin, it's like, yeah, she knows what it's about. She's done it. So like, if you're into it, come you here's the invitation if you're not no big deal yeah yeah uh that's so so inspiring that she is the one that's kind of leading the charge on it as well it's like oh yeah i want to go hike 100 miles in the french alps yeah she wants to do the camino again because because my wife and i didn't do it yeah like we did the first 40 miles so she's like oh she's she thinks she's an expert so she's like oh i know where to go i can she's really good at navigating actually but she's like i know where to go i know everything and and uh she yeah she spent a few days in Santiago with my parents and she's like supposedly like she knows Santiago, Spain like the back of her head, which is a, a weird thing to me. Uh, maybe and she might know Spanish you know as well. You, you never know. Yeah. She's really spent yeah. time there. She learned the language, let alone the fact that the town. So yeah. uh, with you, okay, it seems like you have such a nice kind of support network uh, and also hiking crew i suppose with yeah. your family and with your colleagues because you, you've done yeah. the hikes with with the guys in sea packs oh uh, yeah, well, yeah ton, ton of hikes. Uh, was that it, this is i suppose is it a perk of the job and is this uh you know an a, a sometimes a reason to test out the product yeah sometimes there's sometimes it's the natural like extension of the job mm-hmm. and sometimes it's I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing what I would be doing anyway. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, so I'm spending my personal time doing the same thing that some of my pro- uh, professional time requires. Right. So it's like, there's a, so I get opportunities. Yes. To go hiking where it's under the Z packs umbrella. Right. But most of the time it's not, but even when it's not, there's still crossover. Yeah. And have you plans then at some point, would, would you take on, you know, one of the super long trails like the, the AT or the PCT? Definitely. Um, that's definitely something. One of the things that I want to do bef- when I retire, if that ever happens, right, I definitely want to do um, the AT and the PCT. And then at that point, why not the CDT? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been saying for a long time and I'm sticking to it. Uh, when I turn 50, I'm going to, which is now like seven years away. Um, I'm going to do 
I have plans to do, there's this uh, Shikoku Henru, which is like a Japanese like pilgrimage. It's kind of like the Japanese version of the Camino. Actually, okay. they have a few of them in Japan, but there's one, but basically you go to, there's 88 temples on the island of Shikoku uh, in Japan. And it's like, I think it's like a thousand miles and um, you go from temple to temple. And I think that's kind of cool. And if that doesn't work out, maybe I'll we'll just do the, the, the full Camino francis probably or norte one of them. well you can technically you can actually start in dublin so if you want you can come to dublin and you can come to st james's gate which is where the guinness brewery is and technically you can start there you just hop on a ferry you can start at st james's gate and yep. then do the st james way and, and get to santiago where do you think it got well, his name i hope you have a lot of time off brother huh so I hope you have a lot of time off. You're going to be taking me with you. With me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, okay, where did Z-Packs come along then? You kind of got, fell into this love of hiking, long-distance hiking. Did you have a marketing background before that? Um, so yes and no, I would say. But basically what happened was, you know, you fall into things by accident. Mm-hmm. Um so was this 1998, I believe. I was in college and I ended up in a band, right? That happens sometimes, right? When you go to college. <clears throat> and uh, so we needed a website. So I took a class on how to make a website. And then all, <clears throat> all the other bands that were local were like, you know how to make websites? I'll pay you to make a website. And I was like, okay. And so then I was like, well, now we need flyers so then i figured out how to use photoshop and then it was like oh you know how to use photoshop i need flyers too and so that it was like and then like oh well now we need merch so i had to figure out everything that goes around with designing merch and the next thing you know it's like i, I was marketing but i didn't even know that it was marketing you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then i was uh for i was involved with a i still am but not in the same capacity with a soccer supporter uh, group here in the in the U.S. for over ten years too, and so same thing, you know, from websites to to logos and uh, merchandising and all those things. So it's like, like it's kind of always been something that's organically happened for me, and I was just able to be in the right place at the right time and have the knowledge of the community and our products to to be effective at doing it for for Z-Packs. Right. Okay. At least I think I'm effective. <laughs> well, if you, if you see one of those annoying google ads then i'm effective <laughs> well like it, you know z packs have become at least from my uh, perspective and, and everyone over here have become synonymous with uh through hiking especially in the u.s uh, yeah. and you know anybody who's thinking about through hiking one of these trails is usually using one of your packs or using one of your tents or any piece of gear from yeah. z packs yeah usually it's like i would say most through hikers like uh on average have some part of z packs in their kit for sure um definitely a lot of tents and backpacks sleeping bags but like the bear bagging kit like tons of people have that you know so it's 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 awesome to be it's 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 awesome to be part of that journey from growing from being a company that very few people knew about to now if you're into you know long distance hiking or ultralight hiking at all that like you know we're basically synonymous with those things so you know it's been really rewarding um 
there's been a ton of growing pains along the way. Like I said, I've been here 10 and a half years. So I've seen just from the garage to right now. And I've seen, you know, seen it all come and go, all the successes and failures and mistakes and, and fixes of those mistakes. And it's just been a heck of a ride. And yeah. I just, we're, we're pushing every day, pushing, pushing, pushing. Awesome. Well, like I'm definitely going to be burning or, or, or getting as much inspiration and advice from you because you've gone yeah. down that, that road already or down that trail if you uh, forgive yeah. the pun because uh, we're certainly you know we're at early days ourselves with hiker and we're, we're hoping that we can yeah, one day to a good start yeah 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 hopefully yeah. fingers crossed yeah. um so is there any other trail is there, you talk about the the duncan ridge and you know potentially in the future doing the the at or the yeah. super long trails is there any other uh, European trails that you're looking at? Oh, or? Yeah, G- GR20 has been on my list for yeah. a long time. Um, uh, also, the Altavia 2 in Italy, um, which is, which yeah. is uh, yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be beautiful. And then also the GR, the section of the GR5 that goes from Geneva down to, uh, it ends on the Mediterranean right outside of Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also just for Europe. <laughs> I, I could go on and on. I know. Yeah, man. Like, um, well, you've got you've got to you, you got to get your own itinerary, but you also have like your daughter's itinerary now for the next. Yeah, true. And then I really want to do. You talk about long distance trails. They've got the the trail in the Balkans now, the Via Denarchia. I think I, I don't know if I know, say I'm saying that correctly, but that's like a legitimate long distance uh, trail that goes through. Was it Croatia, Bosnia, um, Montenegro? Is it going to Serbia a little bit? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, uh, there's, yeah, my geography. I'm trying to think of all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. The Balkans are super sick. If you've never been, like the mountain, the way the mountains come out of the Adriatic on the Balkan coast there is just, just insane. That's yeah. cool. I spent a bit of time there. I haven't done like long distance hiking at all. I definitely did a bunch of day hikes while I was there in Montenegro yeah. and in, um, in. You went to Montenegro? I went to Montenegro. I went did to Serbia. Huh? Did you go to Coder in Montenegro? I did go to Coder. Yes, I did. Awesome. Yeah, I climbed out of Coder with my wife, my daughter, and I. We hiked from Coder like all the way up, and there's this little village way up. Yeah. I hiked up there and had a had lunch and came back down i did the exact same trail memories did you go on the other side to the old base i did actually yeah i was climbing yeah. around the base yeah i was told, yeah. I was told yeah, we totally some, went in, the, in there too <laughs> i was told by some uh local hikers or some local old people was like get the hell down from that that's like sacred <laughs> like, yeah. oh okay sorry yeah uh, oh, yeah we totally yeah we were there that yeah, montenegro is awesome yeah montenegro is absolutely beautiful and the uh the sea, like the, the temperature of the sea when you come back down as well after a hot day of, of hiking up in the hills and just being able to just walk into the sea with, you know, no chill, yeah. but you're still cooling down. Uh, yeah. I definitely have to go back and, and do some proper trails over there. Yeah, but that's the problem. There's too many. There's too many, too many. good ones. And that's what I was saying, like the with Hiker, with, with this company and this product that we've made, it's just it's a ridiculously long bucket list for me now. And for the guys, yeah. and now, unfortunately, you have discovered it, and now you are just looking at all of these yeah. trips. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, that, 
luckily through z packs i've been able to learn about a lot of trails that i didn't yeah. know about you know and um oh there's i didn't even mention the ruta vincentina on uh in portugal like mm. that's a the, the fisherman's way or whatever it goes right along the coast in portugal that's like another thing i was actually supposed to do it last june but the pandemic took care of that you, like okay you, you already mentioned about like you know being able to use zpacks as a as i suppose as a reason to go over but um you know how how do you balance everything how do you balance working and having a family and doing oh. these trails well it's tough it's tough so like um if i'm gone for more than two weeks which is i don't like to be it's like i have to have my team because i have a, a team you know mm-hmm. uh, everybody has to know what they're doing i've got to organize it and then there's when you come back there's a bunch of stuff that had to wait and yeah. um just getting caught up when i get back is really tough so two weeks it's like it's always pushing it so it's so and when i'm in it when i'm back when i'm here i'm in it and i'm just in it and in it and in it and i burn myself out which is why i need to <laughs> need to go away but it's like yeah so it's it's it is a tough balance yeah Ex- especially because like i i prefer to do something in its entirety right as, as opposed to like a section hike so it's like i'm constantly on the lookout for like that trail that's like 250 miles or less that like I know that I can go and like blast out like you know I can like complete it you know I don't want to come back and do it in two stages if I can avoid it yeah so it's like I'm always looking for that and that's so trying to find those and balance it you know then I spend normal time with my family where it's not where we're not walking you know going like on a normal vacation yeah Um, you know something like that so it, it is tough but it's I'll deal with it all day every day yeah um it's it yeah it's it's a hard balance to get anyone as i said you know that gets into long distance hiking you do get addicted to it you just you're waiting to do the next trail and and trying to find that you know two-week window where you can get out is is tough um but it's totally worth it and that's why we we do it you know i just Uh, i feel so fortunate you know that you know you know i don't a huge believer in in you know luck really like i believe you know you can be fortunate for sure there's people who are fortunate but and it quite a quite and, and most of those circumstances you put yourself in the place to mm. get lucky right like you very rarely did you end up in a random place on accident and then something great happens to you it's like it's a, usually a series of decisions and like you know habits that put you in a place that give you an opportunity for you to take advantage of and you still have to take advantage of it so it's so it's like yeah i I definitely feel like i'm fortunate but it's like you you know i think we make our lives kind of we choose kind of how how we're gonna you know yeah no i i I totally understand it i think i was i was reading a book earlier on um uh it's actually it's about long distance running but it's a guy, uh, Murakami, uh, he uh, writes a lot of fiction, but he wrote uh, a book about running. And one of the things was he talked about how fortunate he was to be able to have this balance of being able to do long distance running and writing. And one of the things he says was, you know, you, luck isn't uh, serendipitous. It's not just this thing that just happens out of the blue. It's like it's like someone digging for gold. You know, someone doesn't yeah. just 
come upon goal. Someone has been digging for that for months, if not years, and then yeah. eventually they get there. So you 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 are, you might not be actively digging for that, but you've made those ch- uh, choices. You've you've yeah. put yourself in those positions, as you said. I won't take away from your words, but you're absolutely right. I think you know landing yourself in a job like this wasn't by chance and you went you went about it in a very rock and roll punk way as well like yeah. <laughs> i mean i using so I, I, to get into it. yeah i sent joe an email an email and i was like oh because uh, he he used to be based in new york and then uh i wanted to use some stuff to make like a presentation that i had saw on the website and i went back and i saw that he had moved to the city next uh, the next city south of me and i sent him an email and i was like hey can i I'm doing this thing. Can I take you out to lunch and ask you some questions? And he said, yes. And then we went to lunch and he offered me a job. It's like, if I had never been ambitious enough to, to reach out and then he offered me a job and I had, and it probably wasn't the best decision like on paper to take that job at the time. Cause it wasn't marketing. It was sewing, which I had no experience on how to do at all. <laughs> but, but it was like something that was a, involved around something that was a passion of mine and i believed yeah. in the brand so i took a chance so i so joe i i contacted joe and then that led to an opportunity and i took advantage of the opportunity and here we are today you know so. um and I, I don't want to take away your secret sauce or you know any big world domination plans but what's what's going on for zpax where what is what's the idea is there is there you know is there a global domination plan oh global domination that's so, so ominous <laughs> no no um no um i think what company doesn't want a bigger piece of the market share right sure um, but i think it's not about going after other companies to, to do something like that it's about making the best products you can and continuing to refine what you already make and just staying in tune with what the community wants and needs. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been our focus since the beginning. It's always been about listening to customer feedback and refining, and then also listening to customer suggestions and creating. I mean, right now we have three backpacks that are going to be coming out before summer, probably a fourth before the end of the year. There's five tents under development, multiple clothing items, I mean, we're we're not we're never satisfied with where we are. It's not talking about anybody else. We're never satisfied where we are. We can always uh, do better, do more, offer more, like uh, fill out the line. You know, have a complete set of uh, kit of gear that basically you you don't want to get like too crazy with clothing, but basically it's like basically it's like if you're wearing it or carrying it, like we either want to make the best version or resell the best company's version right and so that's why you see on our website we basically make brand or buy if we can't make it in-house we find somebody who can make it for us and we to our specifications and if we can't find that then we find the company that does make the best one and then we carry that and so like that's the goal okay like it's it's a really nice area to work in as well where you're constantly testing and getting feedback on products because 
you know, the human body is is so different. Uh, like everybody's completely different, different shapes, different sizes. And I'm, I'm sure you've come across people that are like, you know, your bags don't fit me, and you're like, yeah. how can we make them fit you? You know. Yeah. Um. Do you, do you get much of that? Do you get people saying, you know, uh, like I'm sure there's a difference between like female hikers and male hikers about their sh- the, the shapes and sizes that they have? Yeah, I mean, just in general, too short, too tall, too big, right? Like, yeah, like um. Yeah, those things are always it's hard to have a universe to fit everyone universally sure so i would say we you know we have our, our our sleeping bags totally can fit with basically just about anybody um and we've even had people who are really big they can fit in our twin quilt as a as a single person and that's actually been a really really good option for people who are really big um uh, backpacks we have a pack that basically can fit you down to four foot six which is basically every adult up to probably six six so the backpacks fit just about every torso range just about every belt size from extra small to extra large um you know we do run into that issue sometimes where there's not enough webbing on the belt or something but, but we can accommodate usually mm-hmm. uh, luckily our our strap shape is like kind of a hybrid pseudo s shape and it usually fits most women and men just fine so we we didn't start with that we listened to customer feedback and that's how we developed that shape and it seems to work just fine Uh, other companies have literally looked like traced it out and are using the exact same shape so I guess it's okay yeah well imitation is the best form of flattery so yeah I mean Joe's pretty humble in that regard. He's like, he's, you, you know, some of our stuff does have some patents on it, like in, like little things in the backpack. But at the end of the day, a backpack, there's only so much innovation, right? And at that point, it comes to like material choices and like pattern cuts and things like that that will get you the advantages, right? Uh, Saying you know, tents, people have been sleeping in tents for thousands of years. Like you know, it's hard to super get crazy and original with the design of a tent so then it comes down to material choices and pattern cuts once again right it's there's you can get only so clever i think with some of the things so considering that your daughter is such an avid hiker and you're hiking buddy are you considering doing like a kids range are you already doing a kids range no we're not we're not doing anything specifically targeted like as a as a kid's product, but I would say our sub Nero backpack is a pretty good fit for um, that eight to 12 year old or eight years old and up. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a nice pack. Actually, it's, I use that to, to uh, do the high Sierra trail this past uh, June and July, five days to the Sierra. And I actually had this really tiny uh, bear boxer. It was, it's called a, uh, bear canister mm. in the sub Nero. I was able to, to do f- five days to the Sierra with a bear canister with a sub Nero. Wow. Most, I don't say that everyone's going to be able to do that, but it was insane. Well, if you've uh, racked up on as many miles as you have, yeah. knowing how yeah. to pack your bag, uh, I'm sure be, people will be able to do it. So, okay. You're not doing a range, but have you, uh, you know, does, does your daughter pack? Does she have, does she have a pack herself when she's going on these trails? Yeah, she always, yeah. So I had made her, a long time ago um i got a picture i might even have a picture yeah no it's hanging it's hanging up i can't take it off the wall uh, but i i made her a little pack when she was like six or seven like 
I sat down and basically made her like a really small, basically almost a sub Nero is what I made her. Um, and she still rocks that thing. It's still going strong. So every time we go hiking, she still uses it. Yeah. Um, so like with the, the growth, I'm sure you're seeing this yourself with the growth of hiking, uh, particularly in the U S um, probably brought on because of the obviously social media, because of the wild effect, as people are calling it, with Shell uh, uh, Strade with the book and with the, uh, the film, and with Bill Bryson with the uh, the the walk in the woods. And I'm sure there's other things that are out there as well that have spurred people on doing it. Um, do you think there's there's like an issue with that as well? Like, is there any kind of incoming issues with so many people getting into long distance hiking? Yeah, I, I think there's an inherent, I wouldn't even say long distance hiking. I would say that like the things that you mentioned cup, coupled with the pandemic, mm. coupled with, I think, uh, even you know, van lifers and things like that. You've got a lot of people who are <clears throat> not so happy being as connected as they, as they are and uh, maybe not so happy with the way capitalism is playing out. And I think you've just got a lot of people who are yearning for a simpler life and existence, whether that be hiking full-time or most of the time or living in a van full-time or whatever, boondocking with your RV or whatever it is. Um, so I think in that, in this rush to the wild that's happening, right, is there's a, the the main issue, and it's twofold, there's two main issues, I think, is one a lot of the places people are going don't have the infrastructure to support the amount of people who are going. Right. And so with that, like you've got organizations, whether it be like someone like the PCT or like the national forest service or a national park or state parks or whatever, it's like, so places, a lot of places don't have um, permit, you know, you don't need a permit to go on a hike or to do something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, the infrastructure might not be there to support it. So trails are getting ruined or you know, bathrooms are overflowing or trash cans or whatever it is. Um, so I think it's really a lot. You got to think about the infrastructure can't not being able to support the influx. And then on, on the other side is there's an education aspect. And we see this really, I've seen in Turkey was actually one of the worst places I've seen it, but it's like, people not respecting nature in general, like, you know, in terms of leave no trace principles, the amount of trash that you see or people cutting down trees or, um, you know, I'm not talking about loggers. I'm talking about like people like, you know, cutting down live trees for firewood and things like that, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, and, you know, not disposing of their waste proper, you know, when they go to the bathroom or like just those things, it's like, so it's the infrastructure has a tough time supporting it in some regards. And then on the flip side of that, the people don't, the education isn't really taught until you're, until after you've made the mistakes, you know what I'm saying? Like someone's going to call you out and then introduce you to what leave no trace is about. It's just not inherently part of um, our culture. I think mm -hmm. is to respect it in the way that it needs to be respected. And I think those two, two, two things are a big deal. So that's why I know personally, um, you know, I do 
do my part i bring trash bags and take trash out we call it like a race the trace so when you go and you see somebody else's trash you take it out yeah you know things like that um you know i'm working now with uh, an organization called save our smokies that's a like literally about going in and taking care of all the trash that that park was built in the 30s and now it has over 12 million million visitors a year they've hardly done any infrastructure upgrades something built in the 30s was not meant to handle 12 million people coming through right so it's like you have to (laughs) there's a lot that has to be done in terms of education and just responsible stewardship and a lot of organizations aren't they they're still operating with a 30s mentality you know Mm -hmm. they're not they're not like oh we have to, you know, if you're in a business, you project your growth. What's it going to take to meet this, the demand of this growth? And you've got organizations that are there to help preserve the, the outdoors that really aren't projecting what is going to be needed, you know? So it's tough. It's, but it's tough. It's not, I don't like to blame anybody or point a finger. Yeah, it's, it is a tough one to, you can't point the finger. And this is something that we, we talk about in, uh, on, the, on the podcast quite a lot. And it's, it's shared amongst American hikers and, and companies and, and European and, and um, everywhere in the world that have the same problems. And like we, you know, we're in this position where we're trying to promote the outdoors and get more people out on trails and yeah. more people hiking. But at the same time, there is that, that uh, I suppose there is a responsibility on our part and anyone that works in the outdoors to provide that education piece and be like, yeah. you do pack in, pack yeah. out, leave no trace. You need to respect these, not just because of the of the organizations that are there, but also because this is your natural world. And if this is not here, you're not going to have yeah. a trail. You're not going to have that fun, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it's tough too, right? Because you know, like, like we're doing, you know, for the whole year, we're doing a give, uh, giving back together campaign where we're taking donations from the customers at checkout and then matching those donations and all the money is going to being split up between the organizations that run the 11 national scenic hiking trails in the, in the U S um, you, which is not, you know, the month of February, we're doubling that, that actual match. Um, but it's like, money's nice. And it and it will do good, but quality education I think is going to do more. If like people understand that they're not supposed to do some of these things, then you doesn't the, you don't need as much money to undo what's being done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's it's like you, you need both. And um, I just think it takes. I was talking to this with a uh, plug it in hikes who's one of my good friends and he is on the board of save our Smokies. And uh, it's like, it's going to take a full generation and a half. If you started educating <clears throat> at the elementary school level right now, it would take you a full generation and a half before you could change the habits of, of who we are as a culture, you know, and as a society when it comes to like, even just throwing trash out your window of your car or like I see people dump trash in the middle of the parking lot. Like when they're like, you know, like out of their cars, it's like, that's not, that's not what trash, that's not what you do with trash. <laughs> you know, you just don't dump it around. Yeah. You know, or just chucking apple cores into the middle of the the woods, you know, just anything like that. It's like, that's, that's not where that grew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not naturally where an apple core would be. No. <laughs> um, 
Okay, I'm conscious of time. As I said, you, you're you're uh, you gotta you gotta go co- uh, coach a soccer team or assistant coach a soccer team. Assistant coach, yes, my daughter's <laughs> soccer team. Assistant to the uh, the regional manager. Yes. Uh, uh, but I want to know details. Oh, yes. Details is your trail name. Yes. Please yes. tell me the story because I'm fascinated. So I. I I alluded to it earlier about um, if I don't have a hike coming up within like a month and a half or so that I can obsess about and think about and envision and plan that I start to get depressed. So what happens when I have a hike coming up is those are the things that I do. I definitely uh, scour the GPX files. I find all like the points of interest. Uh, basically, I, like, I, I kind of like mentally hike the trail before I hike it which some people don't like and I understand that because you want to be surprised sometimes but um so what so basically I just was in the habit of that and so I was hiking with one of my buddies one time and uh I just nonchalant said something like oh that's because this is that and then up there and he's like man you got all the details don't you he's like that's what I'm gonna call you details and there you go and that was it somebody else gave it like any trail name somebody else should give it to you yeah 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 uh like some of the the um, some of the trail names i'm finding out by doing this podcast are hilarious and the stories behind them it's usually just this passing comment that someone's like that's your trail name and then yeah. forever that is what your name is um yeah. but i kind of got that sense earlier on that even just from you memorizing all the different trails that you've done yeah. uh that you you do have a a certain mind frame uh, around these things. I remember mostly useless things, but I remember quite a bit, quite a bit of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out and uh, for having me on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting again very soon. Uh, best of luck with the um, the Duncan Ridge Trail. Yeah. Oh, um, so your memory is good as well. I have it written down. Oh. <laughs> you could have played that one off. I had your name spelled out phonetically as well. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, enjoy the hiking and, and best of luck with Zpax. You're doing an absolutely amazing job. Uh, you don't need the need the kind words, but I'm going to give them to you anyway. Um, Matt, details, Favreau. Thank you so much, and we'll speak thank again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You too. Straight after that conversation with Matt, uh, we continued the conversation and he asked me, did I want a tour of the factory, which lasted for about two seconds. He literally turned his camera around and I saw through the window of his office out to the where they make the bags and the tents and the things. And um, it was a treat, but hopefully I do get to go over to Florida and check out the business and, and see where they make all the, the bags and the tents and the things. Um, that's it for now um, back in two weeks with the next interview I hope you have a fantastic weekend week fortnight or life yeah have a nice life have a great time have a great time yeah I never know how to sign off these things happy trails guys <laughs>